Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, you're listening to the Five Minute Talk Show with Bill Iazetta. We're bringing you today's best comedy and entertainment personalities. Now, your host, Bill Iazetta. Today's episode on the 5-Minute Talk Show takes you back to the year 2015. That's way back in the vault. Little sit-down we did with Billy Gardell. I am joined by a guy I've been following for years and years. He's a Pittsburgh guy, but we're going to talk about that later because <laughs> I'm not getting into the Pittsburgh Steelers on a day when Troy Polamalu is retiring. I'm not glad he it. retired a Steeler. Not going to do it. I'm Billy glad. Gardell I'm joining I'm us. Glad. I we, can't, I couldn't look at him in a Buffalo outfit. You were afraid Rex was going to steal him. I was a little worried. I was. <laughs> what I would was. that have or, done to or, your or a Tennessee Titan outfit. Well, that's even worse. Dom Capers is down there now. I would have, I would have been very heartbroken. So now you've been a Steeler fan your whole life. Yeah, man. And, and you, you grew up in Pittsburgh, but then mm-hmm. you moved to Orlando. To Orlando, correct. Now, I spent a lot of time, if that's the winter park I'm thinking of, that's right, right. by Rollins. Yeah, College. we moved to this little, uh, we were like the broke kids. Like, there's a little area next to it called Union Park. And uh, pictures, not video. Man. Pictures, <laughs> not video. Can you hear me? There you go. This guy doesn't even listen. No, I don't want video. Pictures, okay. Um, uh, so, uh, we moved to Union Park, which is like a little, uh, rednecky town because we were broke moving down from Florida, my mom and my stepdad and my brother and my sister. And what happens to a nice school like Winter Park, which is a place where 16 year olds have BMWs and all that. <laughs> right. so they take a scoop of the poor kids so they can get their funding or whatever it is. Right. And we well, were for the, the football team. We were those kids. Right. We, we were like the breakfast club, you know, <laughs> we were awesome. the weirdos. And then, and, and, it, and when I found a place to fit in over there in the drama department at Winter Park. And, and the, the acting teacher there, Kid Haskett, actually had a huge impact on me because I told him, I want to be a stand-up, I want to be an actor, I want to be in show business. He actually believed me. And so I, uh, I failed my first senior year. And, and, uh, and I wasn't going to go back, and my grandmother was like, you have to walk. So the guilt got me back. And so I went back, and I had to take three, three English classes. I do everything the hard way. I had to take sophomore, senior, and junior English all that year to graduate, to get a diploma. <laughs> which meant I had four empty classes left for the day. And so I took that drama, that class, that teacher for four periods. So I would do three English periods, but then I would get four periods a day where I was with this guy. And we talked about Meisner and Stanislavski. And if you really want to do this, this is what you have to commit to. And, And I learned how to do a bunch of things in that theater department. And I still use stuff he taught me now. You're like the only so person really cool. who got something out of high school. I might be, man. I had, <laughs> I had I actually had two teachers that were very cool to me. And the other one was a guy named Bill Adams, who was an English teacher and could tell that, that this is what I wanted to do and I wanted to be a comic. And he handed me Mark Twain's short stories. And he gave wow. me that right before I graduated. I didn't read it until I was 23 because I'm a little slow. <laughs> but uh, when I finally read it, man, I, I actually I, I had a little trouble with my license at one point in my youth. And so uh, I took a train. I saved up enough money to take a train from Orlando to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You mean Lorton? It was Lorton. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Sanford, Florida. That's no, where you Orlando, got on the train? Orlando. Oh, it was Orlando? It was Orlando. So I okay. took a train from Orlando to, to Lancaster, and it took about two and a half days. But, you know, okay. 23, who cares? I'm on a train, you know, whatever. And um, that's when I broke that book open. And by the time I had hit Lancaster, I wrote him a letter thanking him for that because he kind of got what I was doing before I got what I was doing. And reading that Mark Twain stuff really 
it really caught me how he could turn a phrase and how each sentence was particular to, to trigger that laugh. And I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I've never been that good at it, but I always strive to be that good at it. You know, I will never be as good as George Carlin. I will never be as good as Mark Twain, but I have my own voice in that. And that's what, that's what your influences are about. I love when I run into comics that are like, I'm just inventing a new kind of truth. <laughs> You're not. Stop no. it. No. I, I saw an interview with Paul Santana that freed, or um, uh, um, Carlos Santana that freed me from all of that. And that was this. He said, everybody has to play the same notes. Everybody. But you know my E from Pete Townsend's E. Right. You know Pete Townsend's E from Keith Richards' E. And that kind of freed me up yep. to, to find my own voice because everybody has the same notes. You're not going to invent any new premises. Everybody's talking about the hospital, a relationship, drugs, the crazy stuff in the news. It's all the same. It's how you go at it. And then you watch these guys who find their own way of phrasing what they're talking about. And if you can find yours, then you can start writing for who you are. But that takes a long time. See, we need to bottle that and give that to every comedian I don't comedian think anybody does it anymore. <laughs> I think two years, they want a development deal, and then yeah. they're stars. And they don't that's understand. Okay. You, you okay. said earlier, it takes 10 years. I look at it, you're Ten. a rookie until Ten. your ninth year, yeah, pretty well, much. Yeah, well, the guys, when I started, you know, guys like Slayton and guys right. like, you know, uh, Hicks and Rogerson and, and all the guys the that names. I admired and, and Dice. And I knew all these guys. I was, you know, a young man around all these guys, but they all said the same thing. It's going to take you 10 years before you know who mm-hmm. you are. It's going to take you another five to write the act. And they were right. For me, they were right. It's time to get out to Jackie, the joke man, Martling, for Jackie's Joke of the Week. A guy takes his Rottweiler to the vet and says, my dog's gone cross-eyed. Can you do anything? The vet picks up the dog, looks in his eyes and says, I'm going to have to put him down. The guy says, just because he's cross-eyed? The vet says no, because he's really heavy. <laughs> For more Jackie Martling, go to jokeland.com. Billy Gardell, a comics comic. You're no, listening. don't say that. No, I'm, I have Bill to. Burr's a comics comic. <laughs> I'm just a working comic. Let me tell you, you're one of those guys. You don't have to, Billy. Be honest. I'm an egger, man. Mike and Molly, I know the Mike I and do. Molly money, you don't have to do stand-up. Right. You do it because you love it. I do do it because I love it, but I also do it because Mike and Molly has allowed me to do stand-up on a level that you always dream about. Right. Like, my first time in Vegas here was at the Rib in 1997. A lot of guys. Steve Sharippa's room. It was our place, yeah. man. And Sharippa would call and go, you know my favorite kind of comic? <laughs> and I'd go, what's that, Steve? The kind I don't know is in the building. <laughs> so he didn't care as long as you behaved yourself. But uh, my first memory here was really awesome, man, because I, I, I went to a thrift store, my first big gig in Vegas, and I bought, like, a, a suit jacket for, like, 15 bucks. Yeah. And I'm wearing this rag through the middle of the showroom, and I'm walking down. That's back back when the rib was kind of hopping. They had a band in the middle. And you felt like a million bucks. Dude, they're play, they were playing Get Ready, because here I come. So I got that whole fantasy rolling in my head, right? So you take the escalator up to the showroom where the comedy club is. It's Monday night, and there are six people sitting in there. <laughs> I was like, welcome to Las Vegas. It was just like that Wednesday. <laughs> no, Billy, I got to ask you. We, we spoke about it briefly earlier. You opened for two of my favorites, Dennis Miller, George Carlin. I didn't open for Miller. You didn't no, open? No, people always get that wrong. I, um, I, when I, was, I wasn't booking anything, and a buddy of mine, Dan French, who's another good comic, said sure. he, had, he had worked writing for Dennis when Dennis had his show on CNN. And um, he said, hey, man, we need to, it was at C-SPAN. It might have been C-SPAN. But he said, we're going we're gonna to go up to the Michael Jackson trial, and, and uh, we need a guy, we need a man on the street. Do you want to be that guy? 
And I said, yeah, I'll go do that. I'm not doing nothing. You know, it's just like every other comic who's not working in L.A. sitting in my apartment. <laughs> right? This sucks. I hate this place. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I'll go do it. So I did some funny stuff, and Dennis saw it, and he liked it, and he brought me back on the show. Awesome. And then I did a Take 5 segment, which you kind of do your stand-up while you're talking to Dennis. Mm -hmm. And then um, after that, he started calling me to be his man on the street. He sent me all sorts of weird places. Like I went down the Hollywood Boulevard to talk to the, you know, the people that dress up like superheroes. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like a dirty Superman oh, yeah. and a ripped up Spider-Man. Like I'd go down and interview those guys and he just loved that stuff. <laughs> those guys used to so get into was, brawls. Yeah, really. he was very, very cool to me and, and kept me employed that way. But that's, I was Dennis Miller's man on the street. It's time for Bob Zaney in this week's Zaney Report. Hey, it's time for the Zaney Report. Go to BobZaney.com. Go shop and get Eat Salmon and the other pink meat and wait and get your horny t-shirts right there at BobZaney.com. A new study has found there are eight times more uh, bacteria and germs on your smartphone than your toilet seat, actually making your toilet seat eight times smarter than your smartphone. A Utah State senator drove to Las Vegas to try marijuana gummy bears to see how he'll vote on legalizing pot in his state. He said, I was going to go do it anyway, so this is win-win. And finally, the Las Cruces International Film Festival will honor George Lopez with an Outstanding Achievement Award. I guess they didn't see Snow Patrol and Mr. Troop Mom. And there you have it. I'm on the Twitter at Bob Zaney. See more Zaney Report jokes there and Zaney Bob on the Instagram. Till next time, this is Bob Zaney for the Zaney Report. Bye bye. And welcome back to the Five Minute Talk Show. Uh, let, me, let me tell you, Billy Gardell, thank you so much. I know you're thank busy. Thank you for your time. Man. Before Not I let all. you go, though, yes. the Millionaires Club, what is this about and why can't I play? I Monopoly heard... Millionaires Club. Well, you live in Vegas. We have to film it here because there's no lottery tickets here. Okay. The way it works is throughout the country, if you buy a Monopoly Millionaires instant ticket, like right. a scratcher, you can win off the ticket, but you enter your number off the back. Then Monopoly chooses randomly about 500 people at a, a time. They fly them to Las Vegas. They give them four nights and five days in Vegas. And then you get one day where you come over and you get involved in the audience of our game show. And it's a giant, it's a 50,000 square foot soundstage That's awesome. built right here in Vegas. Biggest LED stage ever, biggest cash prizes ever because it's connected to the lottery. Now, all the games are based on the iconic images of the board, like uh, Community Chess, the Electric Company, the right. Railroads. And in each of those games, you can win up to 100000 which is like the grand prize on any other show. Sure, yeah. Then at the end of the show, we ask someone, each of them who wants to risk the most. And the person that risks the most gets five rolls to get around the life-size Monopoly board, and if they land on go, they win $1 million. Oh, my. It's pretty cool, man. I've, got, I've given away a million twice, and it is an absolute rush to see somebody get life-changing money. Like when that. you have more time, please come back and talk to us about that. I That's fascinating. Will. I love it. it. Billy Gardell, you're the best. Thank you, brother. <laughs> You've been listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep listening at 5MinuteTalkShow.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.